everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. You know, if you've been around Westgate for any length of time, you've probably heard us talk about the three loves. Love God, love your neighbor, and love one another. Those are the three loves that kind of orient us, kind of tell us what we're about. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about love your neighbor because every year what we do is we take a minute and just talk about what it means to love our neighbor as a church and also as Christians. What does it mean to love your neighbor. There's this moment in Jesus's ministry when he's asked, out of all the 613 plus some laws of Moses uh, that were given to Moses by God to help the Israelites and the Hebrew nation learn how to live with God, they, what's the most important, Jesus? And he responds, and he responds in orthodoxy. He responds with one of the most famous verses in the entire uh, Torah, which is Deuteronomy 6.5. It's called the Shema. It's kind of like the national anthem for the Jewish nation. And it says, love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the Shema. That would have been said at every dinner. It would have been prayed before every service. Uh, it would have been said in, at nighttime before going to sleep. Uh, it would have been said early in the morning when you wake up. It's a very important verse. And then Jesus could have stopped there, but he adds something. Scott McKnight famously in his book, The Jesus Creed, says that Jesus actually adds to basically the national anthem, adds a new verse. And he says, it's not just about loving God. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, they hang on these two. There's nothing more important than this. Jesus changes and shifts. It's not just enough to say that you love God. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. So we're going to take some time for the next couple of weeks to talk about what it means to love your neighbor. As a church, obviously, we desire to take this command of Jesus as tangibly and practically as possible and every year what we do is we slow down and we have a sermon series called Compassion Immersion where we, it's kind of like an annual rhythm where we celebrate the astonishing things that God is doing both locally and globally through our ministry partners that we get to partner with to, to support those right here in our city and across the globe. And this is called Compassion Immersion. And this year we're going to hear incredible stories of kingdom work being done all around us, explore God's heart for the hurting, and invite God to shape us to become a people of generosity and compassion and faithfulness and love. So this week we're going to focus on local compassion. So we've got Finney Abraham and Lily Wyrick who work in our local compassion department here in our church, and they do all sorts of things that are a local compassion. We're going to hear stories from them about the way that God's moving and how it's personally affected them and give you some hints about how to uh, maybe get involved, jump in. And so we're excited about that. So with that, let's just dive right in. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We got places to be and things to do. Man, welcome to the Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. I'm here live in the studio with two friends, friends of the podcast, Finney Abraham, Lily Wyrick. We're here. You guys both work for a local compat. You want to just tell people a little bit about what you do, just because it's it. I think probably, probably people don't don't know, so they it'd be good to good to know. So Finney, why don't you start tell tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so the title of my role is Local Compassion Pastor. It's a pretty cool title. It is. Yeah. So the word compassion is in your title. So if you're title. ever like mean on the road, it <laughs> like you're violating your, your, your job description. You know, I can get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and people sometimes do 
let me know that, hey, you're not really compassionate. <laughs> Why compassion as opposed to outreach or missions? Those are... So those are typically words that, that people use for yeah, this. So the word, uh, why compassion? There is actually a very clear reasoning behind it. I so, want to hear it, Finney. Absolutely. So outreach, the idea of outreach is to, you know, you do something in order to get people in um, so that they can continue, uh, you know, if it is a church serving God or if it's something else. The idea of outreach is that we do this so that you can come in. Uh, we will do outreach in other areas. For example, reaching to our co- you know college students or reaching to our neighbors to come and visit during Easter. We will do outreach. Sure. But we will not use compassion or um, loving your neighbor as a tool to just get someone into the church. We do it sacrificially. And this is an opportunity for us to show the love of Jesus through our actions and it's a platform of evangelism, and it is allowing people to make their own choices and decisions. But in the byproduct of it is a lot of service for our community, for people who are in need, and for our city. So, so yeah. the idea is that we do compassion because Jesus did it, and we want to love our neighbor. And not do it sacrificially. And do it sacrificially. Now, mm-hmm. a thing that might happen might be that people come to the church, but that's not the goal. Yeah, and and or uh, is that right? That's not the goal. Is eventually, that, how would you say that? Eventually, that will happen. Yeah, if 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 a person is willing to know, why do we do what we do? And, and you're certainly showing what Jesus is like by right. the compassion, and that's yeah. perhaps as important as anything. Absolutely. Yeah. So it very clearly it is a platform, I would say, for evangelism, but it is no strings attached. Got it. So that's 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 why compassion. Yeah, so why it's compassion. Yeah, I see. I see. And local as opposed to global because you work primarily with the city. Is that correct? City yes. and county, I guess. And yeah, Santa Clara County. So all cities of Santa Clara County. Mostly Santa When you Santa. were a little boy, did you want to grow up to be a local compassion pastor? I did not. That's <laughs> now you're asking like deep questions. Wait, was that something No, that's fascinating. You know, I when I was when I was a child, I always knew that ministry was going to be some part of my life. But then as I grew and I, my dad is a pastor and I oh. saw all the, all the not good side of being a pastor. Yeah. Child. There's some terrible sides so to it. If you're, if you're listening out there, don't be a pastor. No. It's a miserable, should. miserable job. Only do it if God calls you, please. Yeah. yeah but there's some good things into it and I'm grateful. Oh yeah. That. Yes. But yeah, d- yeah. don't do it unless God calls absolutely, you into absolutely. it because otherwise you'll burn out. <laughs> you should not do anything if God doesn't call no, you. No, that's a good, that's a good point. That's right. a good point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But Maybe some... brush your teeth. Maybe that's it. <laughs> If God doesn't tell you to brush your teeth, you should still brush your teeth. Um, I only yes. say that because somebody hacked your computer this week. And that's you. It was. I swear to you, Finney, it was not me. Hey, you, you, I'm, I would not lie on my own podcast. Okay. Maybe Before it, God, it was not me. Uh, somebody hacked Finney's laptop. And do you see that, Lily? I, I do. I remember <laughs> that. And, Dude, uh, was it like something like, uh, I forgot to brush my teeth <laughs> teeth today. Uh, so and it was sent to the all staff. So yeah. anyway, that's why that it that must, it must be hard to be the person that pops in everybody's head. So. <laughs> yes, this is not good. But yeah. our our Westgate spy agency's on work. Yeah. Oh them, oh, we'll we'll find out. Well, I think you should look at South Hills. You yeah. just should not look in my office. Anyway, right. uh, okay. Get back to the point. Uh, yeah, and, and so, back to so, the point. So, well, the idea was, yeah, my my dad was a pastor, and uh-huh. and I knew that uh, I, I loved uh, serving and ministry. Um, then I went into the route of academics. So I just uh, thought that, well, I'm going to teach stuff. And then one fine day, Steve found me. Uh, 
during a lunch time, and he said, "You should be a pastor at Westgate," and changed my life. Wow! Really, I, I'm an ext- a very very introverted person, and my job is extremely extroverted. Oh, or, you know, to work very closely with uh, government officials, nonprofit leaders. These are all people out there who can talk to hundreds of people. Right. But uh, I have experienced uh, God at work because I know that uh, that is not who I am or just me, but God helping me to do that. And I really enjoy this. This is great. I think I've landed in the right place. That's amazing. Now, Lily, you've been on staff for, it feels like seven years, but it's not. It's like two. Well, I think it sometimes feels like a week. Oh. Yeah. It's been fast. It was kind of during the pandemic that you kind of joined our team. Uh, And your title is... Local, local compassion, compassion director. Director. Yep. So again, you're directing local compassion efforts. Talk to us about some because some of the stuff you do is a lot of organization of a lot of people and a lot of movements, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that to your job. Um, talk to us about some of the things that that you've gotten to see or gotten to do uh, in your time as the local compassion director. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot of really smart people in this area that love to serve. And, um, but it's a very big um, world out there. So a little bit of what I do is, um, my favorite part, I guess, of what I do is to help people find what they uh, would really, um, they love serving. And um, for example, our food pantry, we have a food pantry at South Hills. Uh, Every month we do a distribution and the, um, our volunteers walk away just feeling uh, full of joy. And we're just putting boxes of food in somebody's car. And um, so it's little things like that. Uh, and that food pantry was much smaller before the pandemic. And now it's how many families uh, receive receive aid through, through that food pantry? Average 90 families right now. Hundreds um, and hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of people every month. And they come actually from all over. Um, really? Yeah. So. It's not just kind of local neighborhood? It's not. Uh, yeah. We have found uh, that they, they come from other places in San Jose, and I think that we have made really good relationships with um, those who come through um, through our driveway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a powerful way that uh, we see God kind of act in a very small small ways, the very powerful ways, um, just by... Um, a fast-paced uh, way of serving. That's awesome. But there's also uh, an, another favorite part of, of my job is we are in schools. And that is a privilege that, you know, uh, it's rare these days. Uh, we get to sit down with teachers and staff members and superintendents and have conversations of how we can bring compassion and how we can serve them, how we... Um, can do projects for them. We, we've sat in offices and, and talked about, uh, well, what do you do? We've had to explain, you know, what do you do? What is compassion? Yeah. And, and it's... Is it mostly trying to identify uh, at-risk populations or, or students who are adversely affected by poverty or some tragedy? Or is it is it more broad than that? Help me understand that. There is a little bit of that, um, but there is a, a lot of showing up. Um, just showing up. Just showing. Just up. showing up is like ninety percent of the battle. Just being, yeah, um, the support person that people call uh, in a time of crisis. Uh, that's that's a privilege, um, and uh, we get calls from the city. We get calls from the schools. 
we get calls from a lot of secular places, and that's that's a I think that's what's most impactful about what we do. That's really cool. Yeah, I actually mentioned about one of these stories in the sermon. Um, yeah, our school impact work is very focused to the staff and the teachers, and you know, at the at the center of it, it's that is to serve them. But that builds trust, and they call us for all kinds of because stuff. Because schools are kind of like community hubs. Mm-hmm. Everyone in a neighborhood or an area kind of sends their, their kids there, and kids are, like, precious to mm-hmm. people. And so, obviously, it's this kind of community hub where kids kind of develop. So it's kind of it makes sense that that would be a place where you concentrate. Yeah, and, and it is a favor from God that we get to be a part of uh, serving students, educators, teachers in our community, that they would trust us to be part of that. And that is, that is uh, you know, uh, just shows, manifests what God has been doing through this church for the last uh, over 15 years and the uh, committed, faithful, volunteer efforts of a lot of people who did not see any fruits when they were sowing these seeds probably 15 years ago. Right. But because they did that faithfully and and consistently, uh, we get to see some... I'm thinking just back on, on my time at Westgate, we had the ba- we've had backpack drives for mm-hmm. students who didn't have... Uh, the resources to get backpack. We've had clothing drives. We've had school supply drives, uh, both for teachers and for uh, for students. We had that time when there was a, a student lunch debt, and we paid off all the student let uh, lunch debt for the entire school district. For a couple of years. Uh, for a couple of years we did that um, just to make sure that those families who couldn't afford it could still have their kids receive free. Because if you have a balance mm-hmm. going into the next year, they, they, you're not qualified to get new lunches. Yep. And so they just erased it. Um, and uh, this year, this last year, we actually had an after-school program alongside with another nonprofit that we did. And uh, we had about four mentors from Westgate who stepped in to do an eight-week after-school program that the district loved that we're going to do it again in this Oh, wow. Fall. So mentoring? Uh, no, it is actually an after-school program, which is called Quest. This is... Um, learning about um, space stuff. Space uh, space stuff? Do you want to explain what yeah. Quest is? Yeah, Quest is a program that um, where, and it's pretty automated, so they they have, the kids come in and they just pop in this, um, where they, they build, this is how technical it is that we had to, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, they build something, they send it out to NASA, to the space station. It goes um, all the way to the space to station. the International Space Station in yes. space. Absolutely. Yes, up in space. Up in space, and, dude. Man, uh, and the, the awesome thing is that um, it's out of this world. But it's <laughs> <space>. <laughs> I see what you did there, Lily. <laughs> but it's uh, based in biblical principles. Yeah. What is the whole idea? Is to tell that yeah, this is a big, giant, big universe, and it cannot be just by accident. Wow. It could be that uh, there is a intelligent designer behind it. Guess where it is being taught? Public schools. That's crazy. That's amazing. Okay, so let me ask you guys questions because you guys have stories that other people don't have or that maybe even the congregation doesn't have. As you look back on, let's say, the last year, or let's just say season, let's just say the last season, what pops out to you as something that you saw God work in ways that you were like, man, that like really inspired your heart because you saw the kingdom of God moving in, a, and again, in a place that maybe, maybe some people, there is a, I, I think back to a, a moment uh, several years ago, you came out of a meeting, you were asked to pray at City Hall. Hmm. 
And I remember you came back. Your office was next to mine at that point. I've moved offices five times, and you have not. Uh, but at that time, you came back, and you had this look on your face. I'm like, what was going on? And you had this moment where there was a guy out there, and he, you went to pray for city. You were invited by the city to pray before a city council meeting or something like that. So you prayed a prayer of blessing, and a guy approached you afterwards, and he, like, read you the riot act and said that you should have offered what, you know, the biblical scholars would say an imprecatory psalm. You should have brought down judgment and condemnation on the city and all of its leaders because that, and, and there is an element of people, Christians, fathers who say that it would be great to just pray those imprecatory psalms of, of judgment and condemnation upon this. You get to work in in cities and 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 do something very different mm-hmm. to, you know so so yeah. talk a little bit about some things that you you have seen um that have been kind of the blessing side of it you know to work for the good of the the city that we are all kind of exiles from in you know, exiles in babylon you know that that's the kind of idea yeah no there are definitely some you know good fruits and good good stories that has come out of it that sticks to my mind but each time when i get an opportunity to do an invocation or a prayer or anything like that um one of the beautiful thing about santa clara county is because it's very diverse and all kinds of religions they would never ask us to be camouflaging or just don't say the name of jesus or anything like that. they're very forward like yeah if you want to pray pray in the name of jesus it's all good and i have done that and and that is a good thing you know while if they have their other religions, they would do the same thing too. Right. And they they are pretty open about it. And when I get an opportunity, I get to do that. And um, folks have all kinds of comments about that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we present Jesus in a uh, uh, clear, truthful, balanced way, that uh, which is the good posture of kindness and generosity and compassion so that people will get to know who Jesus is. Uh, I do not know any person who said, I have come to know Jesus because of confrontation or because of telling, you know, uh, you know, all the fights that you see in social right. media. People have known Jesus because of generosity, kindness, and compassion, and that is what we do. Uh, one thing that really stays, uh, stands out in my mind um, with the work that has been going on, I was very, very fortunate to... Uh, be called to a meeting to the new mayor's office uh, literally in two weeks of him coming to office to talk about faith communities participation in the city of San Jose. Oh, wow. And that is that is uh, a big favor that God has given to the church at large and especially to Westgate, uh, that in the midst of a busy season for, for a new mayor to think about church and think about faith communities and what they can contribute to the community, to the city, uh, is a big deal, and and our goal and my prayer is to learn how to steward that well, and that to, trust. Yeah, yeah, tr- you know, absolutely steward that trust well, and to do it in a way that will glorify Jesus, and people get to know who He is. Another thing that I'm extremely thankful for, and again, thankful for all the good faithful work that people have done, is that uh, I get to be part of uh, the school districts. Um, five-year vision planning that right? was moreland school district That's right, right. Yeah. they invited you invited the church and i, I you know i, I <laughs> to be to part of the there. district's yeah. five-year plan that's right it's incredible vision You're, plan. you don't even work there yeah i don't do you do you work I, there i do not you, you do not work right. there right so right I, i'm there and uh and 
you know, sharing these things with educators and administrators and teachers. And there is a clear uh, need as a community partner uh, to bring a perspective of that, what we bring in there. In fact, with all the new changes that is happening with AI and learning, uh, you know, people are starting to think, what does learning actually look like? You know, can we grade the way we graded before? Because there are all kinds of tools that kids can use that can produce an essay, right? Y- yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my son my son has experimented with them. Right. He's like, Dad, look at this rough draft. I'm like, son, this is really good. And he's like, I didn't write it. I'm like, uh, that's unethical. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, so people are asking these questions. What does it mean to be honest and truthful? Right. And to be fair, we worked on the essay together later, and he added tremendous details, and it was just a, a, a jumping off point. But your point. I yeah. say that because I don't want my son to be like, you're going to get me in trouble. No, no. He used it as a rough, but it was incredible what it wrote, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. So, so in a world like that, I think so folks have come down to values. Folks have come huh. down to come down, you know, if you parse it down to the, to the, to the foundation level, values is what is needed. And, and guess what? If, if everything is out there flexible and and you know shifting and the foundations are not strong and there is no anchor that people can hold on to like everything is shaky like the fundamental understanding of what human beings are right is there is no anchor anymore and people are looking towards that and i think we have an opportunity as people who follow jesus to and that is why you know john 4 when jesus mentions to disciples that the harvest is plentiful i i genuinely feel our culture is in a quest and in a crisis, and we have yeah. an opportunity to actually step in there and show the truth. Because if the only thing that matters, like with chat GPT, is efficiency. If that's all that matters, right. then there's lots of better ways to do it. Mm-hmm. But you, don't, you just don't need humans. Right. But if humans actually have value mm-hmm. or worth, or if honesty matters, mm-hmm. like why do they? Now we can begin to have some conversations, and this is where Christians can really begin yeah. talking about some, no, these things can't fall to the wayside because it's what it means to be human. Let's talk about that. And also honesty and integrity and truth just doesn't happen just because you're a human being. You just didn't get it. There are people who believe that, oh, these are just matters because I'm a human being and human rights should be a, a integral But where did that thing. come from? Exactly. exactly. It yeah. came from God. What's it based on? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So this is, this is a transcendent reality, not just when you chose. And we have an yeah. opportunity to share all of that when we use the platform of compassion and generosity and yeah. kindness in our community. Oh, that's good. Lily, what about you? As you look back on this past season, and I don't even know what season means, like what, what it could be a month or it could be a year. What, what jumps out at you is stories that really, uh, or moments that really impacted you like deeply just as a, as a pastor, as a, as a, as a, as a person of faith, as a Christian, as, as a human. Yeah, uh, well, uh, one thing that I that really motivates me is when I see the when I connect with people that have that work for the city, that work for the schools, that are really kind of like um, on the front lines of, of of the need, if you would. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I find out that they're they're Christians, they're God seeking Christians, quietly just doing you know what the I work. do. The and work. I, I get to advertise it, you know. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, come, I, I get to kind of fly my my Westgate flag and and say that you know this is Jesus. Um, but I but I realize that there are a lot of people out there that are doing quiet Christian compassionate work every day um, in a very secular world. Yeah. And um, 
so I'm, I, I love that. I love when I see people that have, um, it's kind of, you get that, that look, you look, you look at each other and you're like, I know yeah, you. something different about you. Yeah. I know yeah you. Something's going on there. So, um, and, and that's awesome. That, Do you know my <laughs> boss? He's a Jewish carpenter. <laughs> yes. Have you ever familiar with him? He's really, yeah. So that, that, that goes on. That's really cool. That really? Goes, yeah, that goes on quite a bit, huh. and uh, and I and and then so to to kind of uh, build on what Finney said is that you realize that 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 compassion, that honesty, that, um, that comes from from the source, um, which is God, and that's who we serve. So, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. One of the things that you said this week, um, two things I wanted to talk on. Uh, you mentioned in John four, there's a story of this Samaritan woman at the well, and you said that there's two things that are critical. One is that Jesus' posture toward this woman who, like, and the story's pretty clear, most of the Jewish people that Jesus was traveling with, even the other disciples, would have viewed her as a heretic. There was ethnic and racial divisions at this point because she would have been half Jewish, half um, something else. Um, I guess it would have been um, Assyrian, you know, half Assyrian or, you know, from... Uh, there was uh, economic realities. There's also the gender issue. You know, she's a woman. There's also moral issues. She's on her you know, multiple husbands. So there's all sorts of reasons why she would have been rejected by the good Jewish people. Like you, In fact, a lot of times Jews would go out of their way to not go around. They would go around Samaria rather than walk through it just because it was, it was so icky uh, to them. Uh, and yet Jesus' posture is kindness. It's invitational. Mm. Um, the Greek word philoxenia, which is, Philo, love, and Xenia, stranger. Um, mm, mm. Uh, and, but that's not all it is. It's not just a posture that Jesus actually also offers her himself, truth. Mm-hmm. He says, there, you're looking, you're searching. I'm the truth. I know that you want to worship in spirit. Let me show you how. And then let me give you living water. That, that, and then he, and I'm that. So he points to himself but makes an invitation. So he gives her truth, but he also has a posture. It does feel like most people... One of those is easier for them than the other. It's either easier for them to give the truth and not have a right posture, or they have the right posture, but when it comes time to actually talk about Jesus, it, it maybe it's it's difficult. Ha, have you experienced that too? I, have, do you see that and and in, in Christians? Yeah. No. I. I. Well. I, absolutely. From the scripture, understanding that pattern of posture and truth, and the way Jesus did it, and I think so in our times. When things are so divided, yeah, know, uh, politically, you know, uh, in other terms, our society, our community, is very divided, and all of us are very careful in how we speak. What so we maybe speak. the truth part is the hardest part right now. Truth is uh, hard. I mean, even posture. Oh yeah, people are. Oh, I see. Are mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not that's just true. in person through social media. Yeah. through other places. Yeah. And, but but the fact of the matter is. Some people think they have to be mean in order to say the truth. And some people genuinely think it is only by just being mean that you can communicate the truth and that's the way you're going to know it. But I don't know anyone who have known Jesus by being mean. I think so. All folks that I know are folks who know Jesus, who have understood his compassion and his grace and his kindness and and to share that to others. And, you know, even in the passage, right, it's very interesting. Uh, the the disciples had a kind of a posture of condemnation and judgment. They did. Right? Yeah. So they were like, 
why would this rabbi actually talk to her? Yeah. And, and they were talking kind of like to themselves about it. And the response of the Samaritan woman to that was as soon as the disciples came, she ran away. She just left her jar there and she ran away, right? That was the response to the disciples. Whereas Jesus was staying there and even she was asking like you are a jewish person like why would you talk to right me? why are you staying here? and he was there was something very different about this jewish person and he was kind and he was compassionate and was generous and i think that helped her to understand the truth and here's the cool thing this is the first person jesus reveals himself in the in the gospel of john not to as messiah as messiah as messiah not right. to not to uh, the disciples <laughs> also not to big time rabbis that he talked yeah to, that's interesting so not to all these uh, scholars and everyone who got it yeah it was to a lady who was desperate to understand the truth who was in a crisis and a quest i would say yeah yeah and definitely a crisis Def- right. i mean and probably a quest as well because right. the questions that they ask yeah yeah and and to her jesus opened up and and said i'm he i'm you know ego amy which is the word in in greek that is translated from hebrew about who God is, right? Look at Finney showing off. And no, it's a very, it's a very simple one-on-one. You know, so <laughs> this is this is what you get from seminary. Uh. Um, and yeah, and and that to me is amazing. I think so. Our community needs that a lot uh, on how to communicate the truth of the gospel through kindness, and that is what we do with all our local compassion efforts. Everything yeah. outside of outside the walls of our church, every single thing that we do, yeah, serve our city to through school impact through food pantry, through uh, Quest, through all kinds of th- safe car parking, all kinds of things that we do, and the ministry partners that we have, Real Options, Heart for Youth, um, City Team, all of this is a platform to learn the virtues and the values of compassion, generosity, and kindness, and then wait for the opportunity to speak the truth. So what we're doing is to ha- cultivate the right posture and then wait for kind, wait patiently for the opportunity to share the for truth. truth to come. Yeah. This past week we talked, Lily, about uh, the idea of Jesus kind of not uh, he's correcting his disciples or teaching them. He says, "Look, guys, the harvest is plentiful. Like, have eyes to see this. You know, the workers are few." Um, we talked about how the, a lot of times the harvest is most right with people who are in crisis. Or people on a quest. Have you found that to be true, just in, in your experience? And and what have you seen in that? Absolutely. And I think this is where the no strings attached thing comes in handy. Oh. Uh, because um, it's just like that scenario where the woman was asking, why are you talking to me? Sometimes when you, um, when you have a chance to be the hands and feet of Jesus, um, that it becomes... Um, people will ask you, why are you doing this? Why are you being this way to me? Why do you care about this so much? And so what happens is they might not actually voice it at that moment, but the time of crisis will come. And the, uh, because as it comes for all of us. And when that time hits is, is really when people I feel are more, more vulnerable to, to hear from the Lord and that they have a person that comes to mind of the person that was kind to them, that cared for them. Um, and I, I do really think that that's kind of how the Holy Spirit works. Yeah. Um, and so it takes the pressure off for us, really, because um, that God has a timing. 
Right. And uh, there's no pressure on us. Right. He has a, a much bigger plan, and um, we're just showing up. And being faithful to that, yeah. that that posture, and then the truth opportunity can come. Hey, can I share a... Um, it's not a metaphor. What do you, uh, an example? Oh, maybe it's a metaphor that Jay actually shared during uh, our teaching lab. Sure, he was talking about how, what actually Christians are or what preachers are. Uh, basically, it's funny. The, he says we are just peanuts. So peanuts. Did you hear about this? So yeah, I know. So he said, like in I think so in Europe or some uh, in all their pubs and bars they have peanuts and 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 beer. Right. Well, peanuts is free. And you can eat as much as you can. Lots and lots and lots of peanuts. Um, because they're salty. It's salty. And that makes you want to... Want to drink more. Yeah, right? yeah. And we are basically people who are making things a little bit salty so that they people can drink from the real, true living Liv- water. The living beer of Christ. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, this breaks down a little bit, but yeah. No, it's yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. That's what preaching is, and that's what works in compassion are. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I could probably spend more time with each of you guys, uh, uh, but thank you guys for being here and explaining. Uh, any last pitches for people to uh, jump in and get involved? They, they might be stirred. Um, because serving, yes, there's lots of serving opportunities within the walls of the church, which are wonderful and important, but there's also opportunities for people to wet their feet and begin serving. I know, for example, you've got a whole team of people that serve uh, at the food pantry, and, and for many of those people, it's really one of their favorite times uh, of the month, you know, they, they get a ton out of it. Any? Do you have any uh, a, a pitch for for ways to get people to uh, that if or who are interested to jump in and get involved? Absolutely. So uh, the food pantry is monthly thing, um, but we do have um, we have a foster adopt ministry of uh, coming up. We foster care and adoption. Yes. So okay, that's we, that's a little bit more than once a month serving. It is not once a month, but we do have an event coming up in March. Um, so we're gathering interest for whoever feels in their heart that they want to get involved. Or um, support the people getting involved too, absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. Right, because yes. our friends are, are thinking about it and they're like, we, we might need some help. And so we're like, you know, oh, kind of coming along, come come alongside. It's on March 24th. March 24th. Right. Yeah. And as an adopted kid... It's a big mm-hmm. deal. You know, we, I'm, I'm an adopted kid. So, well, here's a we want to. You're the main speaker. <laughs> what? So sorry. No, I'm not. Congratulations. I don't know anything about this. What are you talking Thanks about? Thanks for stepping up. And today. I'm just saying, I, I appreciate the ministry. <laughs> I appreciate so, you. Foster the Bay, and fo- or is it not Foster the Bay anymore? It's Foster the City, right? Because they expanded beyond the Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, great organization. Other other opportunities for people yes. to jump in. So, Where can people go? Where can people find these? People. Our local compassion page. Oh, on West our Coast website. Yeah. yeah. Westgatechurch.org slash. Local compassion. Okay, there it is. And, uh, but well, throughout the year, I mean, if we have a heart for the, for the unhoused or the homeless, uh, we have opportunities, uh, with Coming that up. as well. Uh, we do run safe car park, um, yep. twice a year, um, on each of our campuses. So, um, that, that's a serving opportunity right there. If that's where your heart is, we, uh, we're definitely passionate to guide you to, um, how God can use you. Yeah, yeah. you could also just email compassion at westgatechurch.org. Just to get more info. Just yeah. email yep. us. And, and one of you two will, will answer that. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that your work grows so numerous that you have to hire more people just to direct it. Uh, that'd be pretty awesome. So, mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm really grateful for all the people that give to the Loud Fund that help support this because without the money, uh, some of this stuff just wouldn't wouldn't happen. 
because so, a lot of this stuff is just we give it away. Just give it away, give it away, give it away now. That's what we do. That was a red And also hot. the time, not just the money. Oh, no. So, I, I know. You know. Right, right. A so, lot of people giving you time. Sure. And I'm super grateful for that. So uh, jump in. And we're super. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Finney. And uh, Finney, next time you have to tell us stories about your twins. Finney has twins that are uh, toddler, toddler twins, which seems like the most high stress can you imagine having toddler twins, Lily? Mm. Well, how close were your you? You have two that are pretty close in age. Fifteen months apart. Fifteen months. Wow. That feels. Pr- that's. That's twins. That is. That's almost. Let's not do the math. <laughs> <laughs> that's un- Here we go. That's the picture. Oh my, Lily. That's that's uh that's that's pretty close together. Mm-hmm. So the picture, dude. Oh my gosh! Look With at triplets. that. Triplets. You basically have triplets yeah, because your oldest is only how how much older? Three years. Uh, Nineteen months. Nineteen. Oh. 19 months separate. Uh, so, wait, you had three children in 20 months? Yes. Three under three right now. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you, were, it, you had two under three at one point. Yes. So, uh, wh- how, how do you not go insane? I guess you guys both know what that's like. That sounds... Uh, are you sleeping? Yeah, they, they are sleep trained. Oh, wow, I, that's I, fantastic. I, I, can, I, I can teach you all how to sleep train. <laughs> and you did that. You and Susan did that probably out of necessity because otherwise Absolutely. you would go insane. And Susan was more uh, strong about it than me. Uh-huh. Ah, the kids can cry. They're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we, we tend to their needs the other 17 hours a day. Uh, that's, that's nuts. How many, how many diapers do you change a day? Oh, you know, we are out of... We, we are actually, Shut up. We, we, uh, <gasps> we are actually getting good at this. So Johan just uh, learned how to, you know, he's party trained now. Awesome. Bef- before that, it was about, I think so I counted something like 70 or 75 diapers a week. First of all, there's an economic cost <laughs> that. But I should also tell you, there yes. are very gracious people here at Westgate who has stepped up to, to Oh, they give you diapers me. and such? They, there's one person who actually get, got me a subscription of diapers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like It's like Netflix for diapers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is good. That's so cool. Yeah, you're 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 not you don't have toddlers anymore. No, you're, I have teenagers. Yeah, you have teenagers, same as me. And so we're in the teenage years. Your oldest is a sophomore. It's a freshman. Freshman. Oh, that's yeah, right. Seventh grader. So they're. Um, Whew. It's a different kind of. It's a lack different of sleep. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There it is. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll have a parent corner where we yes. we we share uh, stories and horror stories of being a teenage parent. Uh, for all you who are teenage parents. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for being with us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Just want to say thanks to Finney Abraham and Lily Wyrick for joining me on the afterward. Join us next week when our global compassion pastor, Kayvon Tarani, is here. Uh, he's going to be talking about all the things he's seeing across the globe with some of our global ministry partners. Really exciting stuff happening. And uh, I think you're going to want to join us for that. So with that, uh, we'll see you next week.